back to Common and Courageous. I'm so excited you're here listening with us. As a reminder, this podcast is about pretty much all things, whether that be with relationships, adoption, family. And today I'm so excited because I have one of my sweetest friends and anyone that meets will tell you this person is truly a real life, just sweetest person ever. Her name's Anna Claire and she's here with us. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay. I've never stepped into the podcasting world, so I'm kind of nervous, but um, I'm Anna Claire and Emily's one of my dearest friends. Um, So I'm excited to get to talk to you today. Yes. We're so excited too. And um, Anna Claire really truly is one of the most kind people you'll meet. She just has this like kindness about her and a very fun sense of humor, which I can't wait for people to hopefully hear on this. Um, But we met in California. Yes. And 2019, I think. 2019. I still can't believe I wasn't at your wedding. I know. I know it's 2019 because it was right after my wedding, which is insane that you weren't there. I can't believe it. I know. And Brian, my husband went to your wedding and I wasn't there, but it's. You did. It's so weird to think about because like I've obviously like know Brian for a long time and like love Brian and you're just such a part of Brian to me. And I'm like, how was there ever a time when it wasn't the two of you? It's I know. so weird. I think what I'm going to do is just start like pretending that I was at your wedding so that in conversations yes. when it comes I'll, up I'm I'll like you a couple specific memories and you'll be like remember when we did that and I'll be like yes remember when we walked in the streets of Nashville together yes it was Memphis but yes oh Memphis yeah Memphis that's what I meant yes um, you were you were just being silly of course you knew it was Memphis of course I was there so of course you I were knew. there um Okay. So I guess before that, I know, so you're from Memphis and you came out to California. So maybe we can start with that. How did you go from Memphis to California? And was that always a dream of yours? Wow. This is like so interesting to talk about. I've never been like interviewed in this way. Okay. Um, interesting. Okay. So when I was like 13, um, I went to this little, I had a voice teacher and I, I remember in second grade, we'll start there. <laughs> I won't go too long, but in second grade, I, there was an audition for the sound of music at my school and like the whole second grade went there and we, there was two girls that ended up getting Gretel and we like split the part. And I realized that that was really fun and I loved it. And so I got like a voice teacher after and like started getting really into like acting and everything. And my voice teacher did like a little workshop with an L.A. agent and that L.A. agent was like, are you interested in coming to L.A. and like seeing what you think? And so my mom said yes, which I kind of can't believe looking back. And we went and like explored and just kind of got like a taste for it for a couple weeks and made a lot of really good friends and got to know like really good people, which I feel like is hard in L.A., Um And so it just kind of started this big adventure. We went back and forth because I still stayed in school, obviously. Like I Mm -hmm. loved growing up in Memphis and that was like important to me. So we'd bounce back and forth, you know, just every so often, usually the summers. And then when I graduated, I knew because that was something I had like fallen in love with over time. I was just like, I want to go and I have great friends there and I have had these experiences that make me feel like comfortable and ready to just like go. And it was like the best decision ever. So I'm so glad I did. That's it's crazy that you're not crazy because they did it, but that your parents, like you said, I know I asked my dad for an agent at 13 because I saw Lizzie McGuire. Oh, I mean, who didn't want to be Lizzie McGuire and Hannah Montana shortly after. And so I know I was 13 and I sat down and I said, okay, I'm, I'm ready for an agent and I'm ready for the big 
the the big the big shot. You're ready, and- ready to go. Hi, I'm Emily Gantz, and you're watching Disney Channel <laughs> <laughs> with the Disney likes. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, that was. I would really practice that in my oh, room and. Too. And I would um, like write songs to apologize to my family, but I would never like directly say I'm sorry. But my point in saying all that is they didn't get me an agent, which that's fine. That's pretty normal parent response. They didn't deter me, but they were like, no. You still um, California anyway, though. Right. But that's so cool. you were in second grade and your parents saw that you had this like passion for it. And then you. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it 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 wasn't until they, they didn't like pursue it because we didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. It was only when that we went to that workshop that and someone like kind of put it in front of us that we were like, oh, and then we just like learned through the people that we there was like two or three of us from Memphis that went together. And so we kind of like learned with each other and we were like. Oh my gosh. And it was funny because my first audition once I like signed with my agent was for High School Musical 3. And I was like, this is it. I mean, here we go. Like the start of my new life. Like I'm definitely going to book my first audition. And it's just so funny because you have no idea like what kind of journey it is until and you get that first audition. You're like, wow, my life's changing forever. (laughs) What was the audition like your first time? Because I... I mean, I feel like maybe a lot of people listening here don't know what that's like. So, okay, that's a huge audition. It High School Musical really 3. It was really Obviously, I did not get it. But I, like, did send in a self-tape. And because I was, like, in Memphis and they were like, okay, we've got this for you. You can, like, um, do your, you know, first audition and we'll see how it goes. And so I got, like, my tap teacher to help me record it. And... <laughs> I was like in the dance studio and I was like so excited and getting the lines and like knowing like what the next movie would be about like was just like really cool too. So I don't know. It was um it was quite a thrill. And then needless to say, it turned into thousands of auditions because you don't get your first audition. Some people do. Some people do. But not like that, you know. But That's so funny. So did you sing like we're all in this no. together? I don't remember what I was saying. I wish like I think I sing. You know the song that Vanessa Hudgens sings in the first movie when she's like, "It's funny when you find yourself look like got it or whatever she sings. It's like when she's sad about Troy. I think I sing that. <laughs> wow, I really think that they made a mistake. You should have been on High School Musical. Oh, so, I mean, I would have loved to, but just wasn't meant to be. <laughs> so, what was your first role that you landed, and what was that call like? Oh, gosh. Um, What was the first thing? Okay, well, I booked this movie in Memphis that was a horse movie that you know about. And so that happened, and I didn't really understand. Like, I thought it was, like, a short film. Like, it didn't really, like – there wasn't really much explanation on it, and it ended up being something more than that, and it ended up, like – popping up on Netflix like 15 years later and like popping up on Hulu and I was like please god go away like it was down it was so bad because I just was so clueless and I didn't know anything and like it was just I wish I could do a redo but it was such a good experience it taught me so much and I like met a lot of good people and realized even more like oh I really love this but then I would say my first like when I booked in LA was um I think it was for a show called Suburgatory, I think was maybe my first one. Um, And I just had like a line or two, but like usually I had a line or two. That was most of my, (laughs) most of my experiences, but it was just fun to get to be on set and be around all of it. I just loved it. That's so cool. And when you were, so I know you said you kind of traveled like back and forth from Memphis to Mm -hmm. LA. So were you a theater kid? Like, did you do ballet? I guess I've never sat down and actually asked you these questions before. Yeah. Um, but how does one continue to like kind of live in both those worlds? And were you always like a creative singing type of individual? Um, I think I started in like sports and stuff and I started in dance. Like I did grow up dancing and I loved dancing. Um, but then, like, I didn't really break in. Like, I I loved theater, but I've always had such a quiet voice. 
And so, like, it just wasn't always, like, my thing. Like, they'd be like, speak up. Speak up. Like, we can't hear you. Like, project, project, project. And I would be like, okay. Like, my voice was even more, like, high-pitched and quiet Mm -hmm. back then. And so I did like theater, but I think that's when I realized, like, okay, I have this passion for this, but maybe it's, like, for – for film or TV where it's not like so I don't have to like be so big. Right. Um, but then like I loved doing that like through dance and stuff um, and singing. So I don't know. I was always just very interested in like all of those things. I just loved like just having like a fun song on and like dancing or just it was just always such a, like a happy fun thing to me and like going back and forth was always really fun because I did get to keep like my friends in school um and they were always so supportive my school was so supportive which I feel like I was very lucky with that um and I just loved it it just like lit me up it was like the thing that made me feel like the most like myself and like excited and good you know yeah that's I feel like that makes a lot of sins, especially knowing you and um again just like your bright personality so I know you also kind of touched on this at the beginning but LA on the outside is not um it can be a really hard experience and yes. I came to LA when I was um 20 and mm-hmm. it was not an experience where I felt like LA was my home I didn't yes. have friends there so what do you think made it so not easy, but like that transition. So you maybe already had friends there, right? Or you kind of had a little community. I I had like been making friends since I went that first time with my mom. Um, If I had not, that would have been terrifying. I was like so lucky that I was moving in with one of my closest friends and like Mm -hmm. that felt so safe and comfortable. Um, It just like, I can't imagine you're so brave because speaking of courageous, you're very courageous because that's really scary. Like it's a big place. It can be really lonely. And like, I just feel so blessed and so grateful that I did have like a core group of people that like grew into even more like obviously you and like our big Mm -hmm. friend group because gosh, I like actually can't imagine that. And I had like, I feel like it was good. We would, you know, do like a Bible study and like go on walks and it just felt so like grounded and good and Mm -hmm. like not what most people would probably see LA as is like just chaotic and like lonely and crazy and like, I don't know. I just, I think I just got really lucky. And so I'm just so glad that we got you um, because of like finally it worked out where you ended up being like friends with us. And I'm just so happy that that happened. I know it's funny. Our paths never crossed in LA, but they crossed in, in Orange yes, County, exactly. which, um, whole. <laughs> yes, which everyone or not everyone knows this, but Orange County is, there's a little thing called the orange curtain, which people what say that if you, curtain? so if they, people say that if you move from LA and you go to Orange County, like you never uh-huh. go back. Like once you go to like, there's no like going down to Orange County and then going back to LA. So I can definitely see that. I mean, I loved LA just because I was in like the little Toluca Lake area, which is like Mm -hmm. so just has like a little magic to it, I think. But LA in general, like, yeah, I don't know. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think Orange County is awesome. And like going there was so great and it was just so like you go to the beach and like do this and do that and it's just a great place so I'm grateful I ended up there and we got to go on walks every day and like get to be such good friends and everything but you you how long were you there I don't even know how many years you were there I was not there a year I was there six months and was like I can't do it so you definitely um, in in LA right or was that Orange County you met really yeah, I didn't meet Brian until 2019, and I moved down to LA in 2016. Oh my gosh! Okay, Orange County was just your place. Yeah, it was three years of trekking until I found the right, yeah. you know, slowly building the right community, and yeah. luckily had some family friends too. But um, you 
worked in Orange County actually at Disney, which you got yeah. to put on, um, I guess, some of those same theatrical things yes. that you had from LA. So what was it like working there? Um, I know it has a special place in your heart. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, that was a huge blessing because it kind of kept me there. I feel like, because when you're auditioning, it's like so up and down and there's great moments and there's moments where it's just completely dead. And so Disney kind of was my consistent thing Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize how much it would become like such a big part of my life. And the audition process was like so on a whim. I was just like, yeah, like I'll do it. One of my friends was like, you should go. And I was like, okay, I guess. And I went and it just became like such a big part of my life. I've always been a big fan of Disney, obviously just like the movies and like I've loved to go growing up and everything. But, oh, it was so special. Like I just, I loved getting to do like grades and the meet and greets and getting to it would honestly take me out of myself which was really nice because I can get so like wrapped up in my own head and when I would go and put on that costume and become this you know like other other character it was like such a fun thing to step into those shoes and be able to kind of like let go of what was going on in my day and just talk about their story. And then it's like, all of a sudden I was just like, so light and just, it was just like a great feeling and just getting to meet lots of other people and experiencing them get so excited also was just so fulfilling because it was just a really cool, it was a really cool job. It was really fun. So I, and I, I can understand that because my first time I ever went to Disney as a kid, I still recall a character came up to me and asked me to dance at breakfast. And it was one of the princesses. And um, I kind of was like, she's like, I'll come back to the table. And like, and of course, in like the most princess voice. And I thought she would forget about me, but then she came back and asked me to dance. And I just remember dancing with her and like my eyes were just like, like I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a real That's life so cool. person and still my favorite character to this day. But um, it was Cinderella. Oh, I was a very good friend of Cinderella's. <laughs> yes. So Cinderella was just like, I, I mean, I just absolutely loved it. And, um, but what was it like? I know you kind of touched on it, but um having yeah like a little kid walk up to you in whatever you know character you were um and just like have their eyes light up like what was that experience like for you it was very cool I there you would just get lost in it kind of Mm -hmm. because they just fully believe what's going on and you just want to give them the best experience possible you know like I would sometimes like put pressure on myself and like when they would leave the room I'm like dang it like I could have done this and I could have done that and I could have done this like I wanted it to be like such an intentional special experience for them because they just come in and it's like wow like all these songs that I love all these movies that I love like it's here and in person and and I don't know it's it's magical I mean that's I guess that's the best word to describe it is it really is like I know the Disney magic is like you know what they say, but it really is a magical thing when they come in and they're like, oh my gosh, and you get to give them a hug. And and it's funny actually, because like after work, sometimes I'd be leaving like makeup off, like just, you know, with my little bag and I'd see some of the same kids I had met. And I'm like, <laughs> and I want to be like, hey, and like give them this big hug and be like, oh my gosh, like good to see you. And they're just walk straight past you. And you're like, oh, magic's gone. <laughs> magic's gone. Magic's all off. But it's just so funny because you think like we have this connection, but it's like, oh, no, it's really just the Disney magic. And at that moment, I was just Santa Clara, you know, so. (laughs) So funny. And I know. Okay, so, you know, like I'm very expressive, like I can't hide my facial expression. So I would not be able to do that care. Hold the character while in your face. I don't think you would be able to hide it. Yeah. So. What did you do? Because I'm sure you had like, I mean, kids are, let's be honest, like kids are 
did you get sick a lot? Like, did they sneeze um, on you? Like, what did you do when they, yeah. yeah like, I mean, there was definitely moments where they'd get like right in your face. You'd be like, hi, like holding their hands and they'd be like, and just like claw in your face. But you just kind of like don't care. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like part of it. And you either like divert and say like, let's just take a picture to kind of scoot them all out if you think they're like actually sick or something. Or if they do cough in your face, you're just kind of like, oh, take a step back and like talk about something new or be like, Flounder's not here today because he's sick too. I don't know. It's just like you can just find ways to like be like, whoa, okay, we're going to move on to something else, you know? That's so funny. You know, I actually lie. I probably could play Corilla DeVille really well. Emily, no. I mean, you could. You'd be great. But I think you could do any of them. No, because if a kid sneezed on me, I'd be like, at least as Corilla, you could be like, get away from me, child, and like walk away, you know? Well, cover your nose, child. Like I would be <laughs> like. <laughs> All of a sudden, Corilla is so Southern. Oh, child. Yeah. I just, anyways, I have such admiration for the, the work that you did there. And that's just such a Aww. cool thing that you did. And I know how much it holds a special um, does. place in your heart. And I know that you in LA met your husband. Yes. And so I know we've touched a little bit on that, but that was also through kind of the mutual crew of your LA friends, right? Kind of, yeah. I mean, honestly, mostly just Kindle because she – that's one of our um, closest friends. She um, had met him through a show he did called The Glee Project. And so um, she brought him into my life, honestly, which is so cool. And then he kind of became part of the, of the group and um, – yeah, it was just so unexpected and so funny because when I moved there, like, I met him really close to when I got there. And I would, had just, like, been with a high school boyfriend and we had broken up and were, like, kind of on and off. And I was just like, I don't know. Like, I just want to, like, do my thing and, like, see what happens with this and – like, we would, like, go on dates, but I was just, like, we're just friends. Like, I just – I was – because I remember my mom was, like, in a clear, like, back in my day, like, we would just go on dates. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, this big thing. Like, just go on dates with people and, like, have fun. And I was, like, okay, so we're just going on dates. But, like, to him, I think he was, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm taking this girl on so many dates. Like, I – like, what is going on here? And so finally I would say, like, after – I had moved in August and we met in like September or something. And after Christmas, I kind of had a come to moment where I was like, okay, I really want to give this a shot. And I came back in January and I was like so excited to be like, okay, like I want to like really like open my mind and be like dating for real mm -hmm. um, for me. And, and so he was kind of done though. He was kind of like, you know what? Like, I kind of had to fight back for him because he had was a little bothered at how I was just like, la da da, which I understand. And so he, um, me and Liana actually jumped over his fence one time. He like was going to Vegas with all of his um, Irish friends. And we jumped over his fence and like put all these like Vegas themed candies on his front porch. Like, it was just so silly. But we were like, okay, what can we do to make him know that like, I think he's, like, special and want to pursue it, you know? And so we did, like, little things like that. And eventually, I think it was Valentine's Day, we did, like, a another for real date. And then by April, a lot later, by April, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Well, you made it through Halloween, which I wish we could. We won't, we won't, we won't expose him like that. Oh, but. my gosh. There was a year that Damien was a clown for Halloween and it was really I will not share much more than that but if you no. know you know <laughs> yeah we'll just say that like it was like a very yeah it was anyways you guys made it through a lot so what you're saying is like we made it through Halloween you made it through um it's just so funny like young love too where you're like you think throwing candy on their yard is like their way of being oh. like <laughs> I was like 19. I was probably just like, oh, this will get his attention. Like, I don't know. 
So funny. So funny. Um, and he is Irish, which you slightly yes. mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I want to like talk about some of the phrases that like he he says that are just so oh, yes. like some ones that are just funny. Like there's I so know good. I've heard feet are stinking. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He'll be like, Anna Claire, your feet are stinking. Anybody that happens to be Irish listening to this, I really hope that was a good accent. <laughs> Anna Claire, I think you do it like what, like really well. And then Ooh. also the oh, other one. Soaking, when he was like, the floor is absolutely soaking. <laughs> there's that. And then I, I think we have to say that um, look at the – what was the queer girl? Oh. Like – Oh yes, so and he he actually will ask people that now because it's like really funny to see what people say it means. Like like there's a queer stretch in the evening, you know. Like he'll be like, "What do people? What do you think that is?" And everyone like guesses, but it really just means like there's a beautiful stretch of sunshine like throughout the day or whatever. And then like the what you were talking about, like his mom called Layla one time in a video like a queer girl and I was just cracking up she's like good for you Layla but that is just means like fantastic and it's a long stretch of the sun and a good like a good long day and but if you ask people what do you think that means like it's usually just like um a good time uh like what like what does it mean you know I know. I think about incorporating like some of those phrases into like my <laughs> life now, and I'm like, no, people, it it doesn't it doesn't hit unless somebody actually has like an Irish fender or know. knows Damien. It's but cool thing to do it with Damien. Like I feel like when we played that accents game and we tried to do all these different accents and. And we were playing with our friends and Kendall actually won for the Irish one over Damien because she'd been practicing the accent for so long. Kendall's so, really good at it, actually. I know. I know. It's been really fun, I think, for all of us to, like, try and find our inner Irish accent. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, And, yes, yeah, so Damien is Irish. You guys go to Ireland, too. Um, I would say – Maybe you don't spend like half your time there, but you're definitely like you make trips to Ireland, which is awesome. Close with the yes. family. Mm-hmm. You probably learn to like keep up. I know Irish talk really fast too, right? Like yes. when they- I think at the beginning I was I had to just focus really hard every time I was there to kind of follow because obviously like when friends get together and you're in a loud place, like you talk faster and like and so I would just have to really focus. Now I don't have any trouble which I'm so grateful for like I fully am I'm with it I know like all the phrases and all the things and so that's definitely fun and you know the show Dairy Girls like I love watching Dairy Girls because I'm like oh my gosh like I feel like I can pick up on all the lingo and like um and it's just so fun um but what was your question (laughs) no we were just talking about like how Irish she is and then just like how quickly they speak and um, yes. you had gone, like you've gone out to Ireland quite yes. a few. Oh, yeah. No, I've times. been out there a good amount. Like I've done Christmases there, which has been so fun. And like just getting to experience, like, you know, that's just such a fun thing that we can have both places to be with family. And like he did Irish dancing with the stars at the beginning of this year, which meant we got to stay for three months, which we had never done before. And we took our dog puddles and, it was just so awesome. It was just a really cool experience and we got to be with his family so much. And I think as the years go by, we'll definitely like split time even more. But um, yeah, we get a lot of really good time there and it's great. Did you meet like his um, – because obviously like normally when you date a boy, you're not like, oh, and he's from Ireland. So did you – when was like the first time that you met his – like how far into dating were you when you met his family? I met his family. So we met in 2013 and then I met his family December of 2014. So I would say, so if we became boyfriend and girlfriend, like April of 2014, it was December. Um, and so we took, uh, we went, we did a trip there and like stayed with his parents. So that was like, First time meeting them, staying with them, you know, for like a significant amount of time. And 
it just couldn't have gone better. They couldn't have been more welcoming. I actually like didn't my suitcase didn't get there and so him and his mom and his sister like gave me all like clothes to wear and stuff like that so it was quite an entrance but yeah it was just um it was just great and now it's like a second home and that was my first time um I went and like all of his friends are just the best and like they're just they're just all amazing so oh well I'm so glad that you guys found each other and are in Nashville yeah. now and can't wait I to come I never would have imagined growing up that I would have been with someone from like a different country or like from Ireland. Like it's just so crazy to think that like somehow Memphis and Ireland, Memphis and Derry like met in California. That's just, it makes me feel like it was meant to be because I'm like, that's just too crazy, you know? It is crazy. Like when, yeah, when people's paths cross and like why and how and all the things that had to happen exactly the way they did for that to, for you guys to even meet, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really crazy when you actually think about, oh, if this didn't happen, we would have never met. Exactly. No, it's really weird. And definitely happened for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I know we're kind of hopping around subjects, but this is usually how my podcasts go. Um, I feel like we have gotten to know each other more and more over the years. And obviously when you meet someone, you're not quick to be like, oh, like these are my quirks or like, this is like, you just discover that about your friends. And you and I like kind of realized that we have a lot of similar ones. Like we both twist our hair a lot always have (laughs) maybe twist or pull like our friends will say different things um Mm -hmm. we cope with OCD similarly Mm -hmm. we have a problem with candles um or I shouldn't say problem but we've had like times in our lives where like OCD is more prevalent or less prevalent and is a form of anxiety so Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a really common thing that probably anybody goes through at any point in time but I don't remember how it came up but I think it was about our straighteners or garage doors it was about garage doors yes not that the stress of like not knowing if you shut it you gave me such a good idea or did I give you who gave each other this idea? I think you gave me the idea because I didn't think like this until you told me and I was like oh my gosh that's so helpful just like the kind of panicked feeling of like, oh no, like, did I, like leaving the house, like, did, I'll have to sometimes like, sorry, can we pause for a second because of puddles? I have to put them in his kennel. Of course, of course, yes. One second, he's in the door and crying so much. One second. Poor puddles. So sorry. Okay, he was just like, I thought he was going to settle and he just would not. Oh, okay. Well, no, we can take breaks as needed. Um, Okay, I'm here. We were talking. <clears throat> do I just jump back in? Yeah, let's just say I'll just re-ask you the question, the, the okay. thing, because I'm like I sometimes I edit it and I'm like, oh, that was good, and other times I don't okay. interrupt back in. So we share a lot of tendencies when it comes to like our um, OCD with like shutting garage doors. What, did we leave the candle on? Did um, I unplug my curler? That's a big one. Um, yes. But yeah, we were exchanging thoughts on how we deal with those OCD and anxiety yeah. thoughts. It's yes. it's a big one is leaving the house. Like, I feel like that's a big one for me. My main ones like right now or are that I will check the oven and go like there's five little twisties that can turn it on and off or whatever. And I'll say like off, 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 off. Like I literally have to be like, these are turned off. And then, like, closing the garage door, like, what you taught me to take a picture of it before I leave so that, like, even if my brain tries to trick me and is, like, you need to go check, you didn't close it, like, it, I can look at that picture and be, like, oh, it's closed and shut down that thought, you know? But Mm -hmm. especially with getting my dog puddles, actually, it became really hard. Like, I just feel like with OCD, like, your brain can just – pop these trash thoughts in and then you can just like circulate on them. And like, I would get this thought and be like, Oh no, like, is he okay? And I'd like think about all these like things that could happen while I was gone or like, what if his kennel collapses? Like it's so, it's so silly and they're trash thoughts and, but it, like convincing yourself that they are, are really hard. So I would like, I struggled with that when like he was a puppy and like, I would like leave and like check him and I'd have to, I'd get in my car 
get back out of my car, peek in the window, make sure he was okay, get in my car. Oh, you should check one more time. You know, I'll check the air um, to make sure it's like on. I'm like, oh no, what if I accidentally turned it to heat and he's going to get too hot? Like it's Mm -hmm. just all the – leaving the house was really hard for me, especially when we first got this house because – it was like a different experience having a house and like not an apartment where I feel like there's people that if something went wrong, it's like they're right there. But like having a house, I was like, gosh, I am like really stuck in the whole physical part of OCD right now, like all the checking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was making me like, we know I'm not very timely anyway, but it was making me like late to stuff because I'd be like leaving my house and I'd be like, gosh, I just can't like, I just would have to check the door. I'd have to check this. I'd have to check that. So it is, it's, it actually led to me like figuring more out about myself though and like getting back into like therapy and like the medication that I needed because this was like getting so frustrating so I it led to a good thing but yeah it's 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 a lot (laughs) it can be very frustrating (laughs) I know and I I really do feel like people say like oh I have such bad OCD but people (laughs) really have it's yeah. obsession compulsive disorder like it um and I share that with you but I feel like sometimes it stems from a place of anxiety like that for <laughs> is me personally it always comes from a place of like if I can't control something that's going on in my life which is hilarious yeah. because you have no control of anything ever that that's really the happens funniest part is like you you can you trick yourself into thinking like my brain has some sort of control over the situation. It's like, no, like, I just have to remind myself, let go, let God, like he is the one in control. Like my brain is not controlling anything. Like this is so silly, you know, but that perspective is so hard to gain sometimes, you know, it is. And like, have, like, I think for me, if it, it always starts with like, okay, if something else is not going well, then that's when OCD will flare up. It'll be like, oh, like if something, whether it's like work, um, some external like health. I'm right. trying to think of other ones. Um, family, like that's a big one. And Something if feels those- out of control, you think you you can find a way to yeah. So OCD is a natural way to like go to that and be like, okay, well, if I can't control those things, I can control knowing that <laughs> my burner is not on that my straightener is actually unplugged and so for me like that's kind of how I like self-diagnose it but for you do you feel like it also comes from a place of like that similar thing or do you think it's just your your brain I think it's part my brain because I do know that it's a genetic thing um so which is a blessing sometimes like not that I would want anyone else to have to deal with it but I do have someone that I can like talk to about it that like understands Mm -hmm. it you know um so yeah it's it's funny because like I I feel like I started to know that all of this stuff was kind of in me like around the time that I moved to LA and so that was like it's kind of been like a 10-year um journey of like and you know it finds different forms so I think it started as just like anxiety and like I just always looked at it as like a generalized anxiety and there's times that it has been, you know, it's just so up and down. You never know what form it's going to take in your life. And it's frustrating because mm-hmm. it'll sneak into the things you care about the most and the people you care about the most when you're like in those moments, you want to just be able to like relax, you know, and not have all that going on. But I think um, it's taken different forms. So I think like the OCD thing like has been heightened at times and it was funny because I'd never really I didn't understand it and so like I remember like in high school and stuff my friends would be like oh my gosh I'm so OCD because they would take like really organized notes and like yeah maybe that's like a version of it but like that wasn't me like I'm just not like (laughs) I was not like that in school and so I'd be like oh I don't have that like that I'm not like that at all or like someone else's experience of like you know doing something else and I'm like that's not me but it's it's a, it's this vast world that like, honestly, I think anxiety has become so much more talked about that it's, it's like becoming a little more, you know, like people understand it more, but I think OCD still is kind of like this thing that's hard to like understand. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, 
it's been like a long journey. And the reason I wanted to even talk about this, like I was nervous about it at first because I'm like, I don't want to sound like I've got all these things going on in my head, you know, but no. mm-hmm. but I think it's important because I was so confused for so long. And I remember like finally understanding like the OCD part of myself, like from, you know, just something I read or something I saw or something I heard. And I was and when you feel seen, gosh, it makes me want to cry. But like when you feel seen and understood for a minute on something that's like really hard like that, like, oh, my gosh, like if there's anyone listening to this that kind of resonates with this, like I'm just like I decided to like talk about it because I'm like that is so important because you it's you feel lonely. You're confused. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> you know, it's, especially in like middle school or high school when it's just yeah. these things being out like thrown out like words like I, um, mm-hmm. you know, like there's like a specific word and I don't even want to say it, but like I'll say it as an example. It's like when people say the word like retard in high school and people actually like they're all, like it's an but people use it so casually same with OCD and then if you actually do have like some form of um I don't know like just difference right yeah how are you able to identify that like in school and so I think it's really cool that we're talking about it because I think people should better understand the definition of what they're saying and who it could be affecting around them Right. And even in the smallest form. Right. And I don't know, like I'm by no means like I just want to put out there like an expert. Like this is just like my experience. And so but I do think it's important, like you said, to like share your experience because there it is so vast and there are so many different ones. And so it's like if there's anything that can feel the same with someone that they can be like, Oh my gosh, that's how I feel or like it's like it's just nice to be like, Oh my gosh. I understand that, you know? Yeah, I I definitely get that. And I actually want to look up to really quickly, like what the true definition of it is, because I never. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Obsessive compulsive disorder is a common, chronic, and long lasting disorder in which a person has uncontrollable reoccurring thoughts yes. and or behaviors that he or she feels the urge to repeat over and over. Oh, yep. This, I feel like if you're out there and you're going to say that you have OCD about taking notes. (laughs) And I don't mean to say that that's not real because, of course, it can be like a version of it. It was just like I didn't understand how it related to me. You know, I was like, that's not what I feel, you know, like, okay, but I remember in high school, I like, yeah, OCD taking notes. I would have to go home and rewrite my notes because I couldn't handle that they were that way on paper and I kept thinking yeah. about how they look like okay, on paper. Well, then there you go. That's like That's... a version of it for you. Yeah. But no one sits there at their desk and explains like that. That's actually what's yes. going on in their head. Yes. And also like, I like, sometimes it's not as physical for me, which made it also very confusing because it's, it sometimes comes across as just like a physical checking thing. And mm-hmm. like, sometimes it can, it can be so like in your head like like social situations like you go home and like replay everything you know and Mm -hmm. like just it can become such a like repetitive cycle of like walking into something sometimes like I'll it's like with good intention like I'll try to just like say a little prayer to myself to like try to be like present and like at peace but then that can become like "Mm, I didn't quite say that right or I didn't quite do that right and it's this feeling of like it have something having to feel right, whether it's a continued thought, you have to think it until it feels right. You have to say this until it feels right. You have to like check this until it feels right. What is feeling right though? You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. why is there that thing that all of a sudden makes it feel right? And how many times does it take? And it's just like being able to just identify it as a trash thought and like what I've worked on in therapy and like really learning about it is like the faster you can do that, the better, because you can just, when is it going to feel right? You don't know. <laughs> you know? And I, I feel like, I don't know if this is true for you, but, um, I think talking to like m- my husband about it or somebody mm-hmm. that's really close in your life can help anchor you in knowing when it's a trash yeah. thought. Like you keep yeah. saying like, um, now that I have like shared this, cause I do similar things. Like I have to like, yeah. I have to take a picture of like the stove 
being like I have to literally take yeah. a picture because I'm convinced that the gas is on like I get I in the truck and I'm yeah. like the gas is on and I it's not even it's yeah it's not funny because sometimes I have to like get back out of the car and go mm-hmm. look even though I know that I just touched it five times and yeah. um same with setting my alarm like I have to read it backwards to mm-hmm. convince myself that I set it for a.m and not p.m and oh my God. yeah Anyways, I think confiding in people that you're really close with or even just talking about it more normally, um, like one thing Brian does is that like he knows that that is something that is might cause me to need to like get out of the car and like go yeah. look at it again. And he'll be like, no, I checked it and it really is off and it's a trash thought oh that you gosh. think that. If they can do that for you, it's like, oh my gosh, like, okay. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Yes, I did. Like, yeah, no, that's a really good feeling to have someone that also checked that, like, can confidently be like, the door is locked. You turned it off, like, something like that, you know? Yeah. And yeah, so I guess, and I, again, we're definitely not experts. This is just speaking from personal experiences. So this is not, um, you know, a, a sound place to necessarily take literal things from but experience wise I definitely resonate with you and I think a lot of people do um and I think the overall message is that don't be afraid to talk about it more than likely you have a friend in in your corner going through the same thing um and it's it's so nice to have good friends to like be able to talk to about it and like even have little like similarities like not that I would want you to experience that of course but like being able to just like like, oh my gosh, like I'm not alone. Like, like a big one for me lately has been like popping my wrist or like tightening certain muscles or something or like my, popping my mm-hmm. ankles or something like that. If I'm like in a social situation that makes me like a little like in my head and like for some reason my brain tells me that popping my wrist is going to like make that better. And it's like, no. And like if I'm around you and I'm popping my wrist, please don't think you're making me uncomfortable. But like, no, it's just like this thing that like, it's it just wild. Helps. It's mm-hmm. wild. Like it's weird. And it's like, Oh, but if it doesn't like pop the correct way, got to do it again. Like it's, Oh, it's something it's, else. It's not crazy though, because like, I know it feels like, Oh, talking about this, like makes me out to be and and even myself. Like I don't really share this a lot with people, but I mm-hmm. really do think it is, like you said, just with the world, like there's social media, so many things that play into it more now that even didn't when we were younger. So I'm sure there's yeah. more of it, but you, I think you, we, this is a whole other topic, but I think one of the <laughs> early things we bonded about was uh-huh. our fear of doctors and my OCD that, that comes out when I go to the doctors is like, I do not it, like getting it, shots. <laughs> I don't like anything about it. I walk in there and you know what I do? I hold my breath and pass out every time. Like, it's not funny. It's like people listening to this will be like, I think at least one out of three times, like I'm fainting. Guarantee. You can just work yourself up. And like, sometimes that even leads to a panic attack. Like if I can't get out of like a cycle that I'm in, then you panic because you're like, mm-hmm. and I haven't, thank God I haven't had one in like a really long time because I've been like so much more focused on my OCD instead of just like generalized anxiety. But like, mm-hmm. panic are a whole other can of worms, you know, like mm-hmm. that sucks. So, I mean, fainting is also not good, you know, <laughs> like that makes me so sad. I should probably go, actually, I really should go to a, a, like a therapist and talk about my deep fear of the doctor's office. Oh. Like I, I think, I don't know if it's fear-based or if it's a control thing or it's just true, true anxiety. But I also like, will go in so calm. And I know this is the same way with like OCD or panic. Like, okay, like, you know, these things about yourself. Like, you know, that there's like tendencies or certain things that, f- that flare up, but for some reason there's like triggers like in environments like it can be for me maybe it's like the smell so like as soon as I like walk in and I just like this the there's something about it that just like sets my brain right to like a different level and once I hit that there's like it's very hard to come back from yeah it's hard when you're 
like what's it called? Your amygdala is like um ignited and it's like danger, 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 danger. And you're like, I'm not actually in danger. <laughs> like but this is like telling me that I am, you know. And but, your body's like, no, no, no. It's just like yes. a form of like rejection. And I think that that that's when like everybody has a form of whatever version it is for them, whether it's like right. all these like not not vices, but I feel like um everybody deals with anxiety, stress, OCD things in like, there's different ways. All kinds of levels of it and like everyone has their own version of these things, I'm sure, you know? Yeah. And yeah, so I think that if anyone's listening and you're a friend to someone, um that all you can do is just continue to be like thoughtful and aware and supportive and non-judgmental like I think that's mm-hmm. a big one for me and and yeah, maybe you share this as well of just like what will people think if they know that I think that way sometimes yes it's like <laughs> it, it doesn't like my one of my biggest fears is to make a situation about myself like mm-hmm. I hate that like I want there I want everyone to feel like good and celebrated and happy and like that's a whole other thing that like you know but I just if I like what were to make someone think that I had all this going on in my head just mm-hmm. in like simple setting, it's like I don't want to make it about myself. And it's like it actually has nothing to do with the person in front of me or like the situation I'm in. It's just a thing that like rears its ugly head sometimes. And like you just there's nothing you can do about it. So it is hard because you don't want people to be like, oh, gosh, is she like having like this thought right now is she okay like is she like stressed or anxious like am I making her anxious like no I so that's why I like am tentative sometimes to say something because I'm like I when we're hanging out I don't want anyone to be like is she is she good you know (laughs) yeah it's it's just something that I'm gonna have my probably my whole life that I just have to like deal with you know so yeah exactly and I think again it's like you're it's I think not once you can learn to control it. Cause again, it's something that right. does happen, but I think once you can acknowledge it, like you're like, mm-hmm. okay, like this is something that goes on in my head sometimes. And it's, um, and you can cope, yeah, you're, manage. you can cope, manage, you can work, like you can uh, help, um, make it so that you can do those things. And yeah. I think learn how to communicate with it and find tools or resources to like you said be able to when it does start to come up be able to like not shut it down but right acknowledge it and be like how can mm-hmm. I help myself in this moment in this situation yeah. um, and have some good friends that like make you feel like you can share that and you know like you said it's like there's no judgment it's not like they're like oh gosh like it doesn't change the way that you interact or mm-hmm. like are together you know so it's yeah. nice and I think it's also really important to celebrate people that have put in the work to acknowledge it because those are wins too. Like I think that um, we had a guest on uh, Shelby recently who said like there's kind of two things you can do. Like you can turn around, face it, acknowledge it, and work on it or you mm-hmm. can fall into other things that don't necessarily make it better yeah. or just run away, run away from it, which – it's always like you said, gonna be there in some form or right. come back in some season of life. And running away from it, at least for me, makes it so much worse. Like I just get so down, mm-hmm. you know, like exactly. So I think it's really important to like pause to and celebrate. Like if you've taken that step to like acknowledge it and you have like put in the work of whether it's therapy or opening up to friends or mm-hmm. that's its own form of like hard work and being courageous so um yeah I think it's cool that we talked about that today because I think I think so um, too a lot of people will be like oh that that's how I felt that way too or I have a friend that thinks that way so um thank you for giving like the space for it and for being sorry I don't know how to turn the volume off my computer (laughs) it is probably beeping but um I just thank you for giving like the space for it and for being such a good friend and like I just love getting to talk to you so of course and I'm glad that we found that um I think once we like found that out about each other too again it makes you just feel like and if I were to show you my phone right now you would see 
this is something else we share in common. You oh gosh, wait, what is it? Look at my how many phone calls, please. And that then look is at my, look a at tough my one. I don't know where that comes from, but like the phone thing is tough. Like there's, it's gotten a little better actually, but like the phone thing is always like, why do we avoid our phones? I have 125 voicemails. Oh, Emily, that's actually, <laughs> wow, 125. You want to hear how many emails I have? Yeah. I, oh, wait, but- actually, I've got to give myself some credit because I took a day the other day. I think I had like 56,000 emails. And Stop I it. took a day to delete, and now I only have 13,000, so I feel really good about myself. Wait, I got mine down to 10,000, and I was so proud. <laughs> Oh, my God. I think it's back to 13 already. Oh, my gosh. It's just like – it's overwhelming. Anything that's overwhelming, sometimes I, like, shut down. I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't, I can't. Yeah, but then we'll just turn on Princess Diaries and then take a day to do yes. that. And it's – mine's Twilight. That's, like, my – that's, like, my – um. I don't know why. It just makes me feel like home. Maybe because I watch – one movie, do you think? Like, if we're talking about, um, like, comfort – like turn yeah, on like just something you can turn on and be mindless and just feel so happy twilight really okay wait i actually feel like i know this about you but that's a really good one. the twilight series i rewatched during covid and it is really really good yeah i mean it does get a little like i what else i'm trying to think what other movies I'm trying Princess to think about Diaries that is one that I can literally roll back when it gets to the credits and like rewatch. Um, oh, Enchanted, but that's not Enchanted's really a, such that's a good not one. true series. Yeah, Greatest Showman is the so Greatest good. Showman, The Parent Trap, Lizzie McGuire movie, Parent Trap. That's such a good one. I always joke there was this really weird movie that I went and saw called Barbarian, and I'm always like, oh yes, that's in my top. Movies. Wait, like, what's it called? Barbarian? It is the strangest movie. Like, it is not in any way like the movies that we're expecting right now at all. Did you watch Lemonade Mouth? Did I ever? I told you to no, watch it on Disney Plus. I was, I was really into High School Musical, but I never watched Lemonade Mouth. Can you please? I think you'll like it. I need to watch Lemonade Mouth. I also like never really got that into Camp Rock, but I really like the funny thing that's on Instagram that's like Camp Rock when they're like in the wood. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to make one of those and be like, I love the one where it's like panning on the Kardashians. Like, yes. and no, but we thought that scene was so cool. Like, oh my when gosh. We, like they, everything that Disney channel did at that time, I was like, wow, this is it. Like that. Yeah. That's everything. <laughs> I don't think Aquamarine was Disney channel. <gasps> that's such a good one. Emily. The yes. It, starfish that give her compliments. I wanted a, I wanted a pair of those so bad, and I also, um, do you remember that blue streak she had in her hair? Oh, it was beautiful. It was aqua. <laughs> yeah, and then every, and then her friends got one to like put in their yes. hair when Jojo. when she went. Jojo, yeah, I mm-hmm. I got one after that in high school, like a pink one. Oh my gosh, that's so pretty. I and had it was a just one in my hair. I didn't have like a streak, but I remember. Do you remember the feather trend? Mm, not at my <laughs> high school. <laughs> It's me. I got a feather in my hair and went to the Kesha concert in 10th grade. And wow, it was really exciting. And that feather was like latched in, like it stayed for like weeks. And I would like, yeah, it was like, like a clamp. Feather. Yeah, it was like a little like clamp in there. So yours and was permanent too. It wasn't like a clip. No, it was permanent. <gasps> wow. We're so crazy. I know. <laughs> well, I feel like we could probably do a, a part two podcast on yes. um I don't know just we we should actually do one on like oh, high school trends that would actually be a really I fun relationship one this has been really fun to just like talk to you I'm like I don't want it to end <laughs> I know but before I forget I do have to ask you the same question that I ask every guest yes which is what is something that's kind or courageous that you or someone you know has done for you um, I feel like I'm going to sound kind of repetitive because like, I just think people checking in on you is like always very kind and courageous. And I think like talking about this, you and I was like 
on the courageous side. I don't like saying like, I'm so courageous, but like, you know, you are, I think that was like, you know, because it is scary to kind of put out there. Um, But just anyone, anytime that kind of like reaches out their hand or like, or just is with you. And I mean, there's so many good people and family and friends in our lives. And like, I just feel like there's kind of courageous things they do every day. Like I couldn't even pinpoint one. I feel like everyone's just like, we're just really lucky to be surrounded by such kind and courageous people. I feel like. So I think that's a perfect answer. And I think, um, yeah, you're always so sweet to bring it back to other people, but it is so courageous to, yeah, talk about this. It's not, again, it's something that's kind of against the norm of what people, and it's personal, like it's personal to us and, um, yeah. So thank you for being so courageous today. And you for being courageous, Emily, and making this podcast. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I can't wait to see you hopefully so soon for sure in October. I know. I maybe hope we can see Stetson um, next week just because. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. We'll definitely arrange. But um, thank you guys so much for listening to Common and Courageous. I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, feel free to give us a review, share. We appreciate it. Any feedback and we'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>